Okay. First of all, why would you be so presumptuous as to think I've never worn lipstick? <laughs> That's a good point. That's my you know what? Question. You know what? Good job. That's a good point. Okay. That was rude of me. Thank you. Never assume anything. This is the Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. Pardon it. Here's your host, Greg Cody. Hello, all. Welcome back. Today, we are lifting the lid on the Cody Olympics. It's exciting. Uh, the Olympics are not beginning today. The torch has not been lit. But we are, um, we are advising you that the Olympics are coming. We are revealing the categories. You think this Olympics will fall as flat as our last Olympics did? <laughs> What what Olympics was that? I can't even remember. Where we like came, remember we came up, it was like everyday oh, yeah. Olympics. <laughs> yeah. And then that, we kind of just like realized after a couple of weeks that no one gives a shit. So we just like kind of. Ah, this is, see, this is like, we're laughing right now. It becomes a serious thing because of Greg's coughing, but we're having fun here. We like to have fun. Wow. Why did you have to make me laugh like that? <laughs> I had forgotten that uh, the previous. <laughs> I am killing my dad with this laughter, literally. <laughs> right. Here's what we do here on the Greg Cody Show podcast. We throw stuff against the wall and see what sticks. Right. Uh, not all of it does, but I think this will. Uh, the Cody Olympics. This is a better bit. Yeah, this is this is me against Chris Cody. This is me 30 plus years older than Chris Cody trying to compete with him in, in mostly athletic events. And so this, is, um, this is where we differ. Me and we, we should talk this out because we've agreed we're going to do 10 events. Yeah, which is a little odd because we could end up five and five. Um, so maybe we should do 11 or nine. But we're we're going to pick sports slash things we can compete at that we think yeah. will be fun to track. And we're going to try to make like, you know, we're going to do golf one day. One of them is going to be golf, but I'm going to give you a stroke per hole. So I will give you 18 strokes. So we're like, it's not going to be because I know what you're thinking out there, audience. Chris is just going to wipe the floor with his dad and all these things. So we're going to try yeah. to make this even outside of that, though. I don't think there's a lot of most of the events are just straight up outside yeah. of that one. I, th I think golf where you're giving me a stroke a hole is the only handicapped event and i need it good lord do i need it i should probably give you some in uh, bowling too for being honest because i think bowling's one of them well you know you just rolled a 215 i weigh 215 so we're even what why don't you right now go through our list of 10 that we think we've agreed on okay why don't you read them for the people what All the right, 10 I events that me and my dad are going to compete in in the greg cody olympics the greg yes. cody show olympics part two right and i will say negotiations continue lawyers are involved uh, there's been some discord, such as Christopher refusing to include uh, Ms. Pac-Man. Yeah. Because it was the one event that dad was assured of winning. Well, see, that's, that's what, what I mean. Why, like that, in, at least with golf, I'm giving you strokes. Like True. you're as you're you're as dominant over me in Pac-Man as I am in golf. So like right. there's no way for you to give me points in Ms. Pac-Man. So that like that's why we're not doing that. Well, well there there is actually it. it, it we could have a thing where I have to beat you by 20,000 points. Right, know? but it's just a random thing that you're very good at. See, I know we could, I even said to you, we can put golf off the table. Like, I don't want this to be something where I'm just, 
a clear heavy favorite in everything. I want this right. to be fun for the audience. Like right. just because okay. I'm saying we I'm 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 refusing to do Miss Pac-Man because of your advantage, you can refuse right. golf. You can refuse bowling. No, I'm I'm happy to take uh, the handicap because I, I love playing golf with you. And I think it'll be an interesting match if you're giving me 18 strokes. But you hit the ball 280 yards. I hit the ball a foot and a half past the women's tee. So, so I'll, I not, can play. I'll play back a tee than you. We can do this. We can. I'm, right. I'm, I'm, I we'll, don't we'll work that out. There's All no right, scenario we, you're beating me in golf, regardless of where I'm at. Let's just okay. be there. We agree, though, that that uh, event number one, perhaps the signature event of the Cody Olympics is 18 holes of golf handicap. I don't think we need to number these and commit to doing them in some order. Let's just say the 10 events. Okay. All right. Golf. Okay. The next event is ping pong. Um, best of seven. Okay. Games to 21. Uh, we're both pretty good at ping pong. Yeah. That, that should be, that should be a close I, fight. I, I have to say that's a pretty good matchup. Uh, the next event scares me a little bit. It's a two lap swimming race on Olympic size lanes. Right. Well, at, we have a, a, in like, in my dad's city. There's a park and a pool that has the lanes, you know, buoyed off, and we can right. do this right. So I'm excited right. about that one. And uh, yeah, that and, I, I feel pretty confident in that one. And and I think I may surprise you. You know, I'm a I'm a an Aquaman no, uh, to a certain degree. And um and we'll time each, we'll be on the honor system and we'll time each other. It's not like we're going to be going nose to nose. Or I mean, um, or we're gonna get somebody to video. To, like, let's not commit. Like, I, I don't like you. I think you're overcommitting on like when we're gonna do these and how okay. we're gonna do them. Just say the All damn right. sports and we'll figure it out. The rest. Okay. The the next event is the one where I think I need to bring my cardiologist. It's a forty yard dash. Yeah. No. We're 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 punting on this one. I've already made the executive decision. We're gonna pick something else. You can choose it. Okay. I I, I just think I don't need you sprinting. I just, okay, so the foot race is out. We're yeah, let's 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 pivot on that. You're too old. Like you're okay. coughing with your asthma. Like let's yeah, we're not going to spend. Yeah, yeah, let's not go into details. And uh, this interests me because I think I honestly think I can beat you with this. It's fifty five zero free throws in basketball. Right, a free throw contest. Fifty each. See who makes more. Simple. Okay. Um, football kicking. Uh, we both try 10 30 yard field goals. Right. Whoever makes and the, the most, most wins. wins. All right. That's easy. Uh, with with overtime if needed. Now, I'm a guy who kicked a 50-yard field goal, but it was roughly 50 years ago. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm not real confident on that one. Um, this is an event that Christopher suggested that I don't particularly like. It's the shopping event where yeah. we each have the same 20-item list and we sprint through a store to see who can get these 20 without asking first. for help. And there's a, there's a, there's some like, there's some, this is, there's some nuance to this one because it can't be like, we either have to go to individually our own Publixes or we need to go together to a one we're un unfamiliar with. Cause like everyone knows you get yeah. to know your Publix. So it would be a disadvantage for me if we did this at your Publix. It would be a disadvantage for you if we did it at my Publix. So we either need yeah. to each do it separately at our own Publixes or we need to come up with just a Publix that neither of us have ever been into before. Okay. The the, the problem with this is that when you're sprinting through a crowded First grocery of all, you store, don't sprint you look like gonna... a shoplifter. Right. You look like a shoplifter. That's why we're not actually going to be sprinting. I think it's more of just like briskly walking. Okay. Like, I don't like think like you All should right. like, it's not that serious where you need to start like running over four year olds with shopping carts. Like it's right. I would think that both of us would keep the perspective of that. This is not that important. The next event, we are crouched over a pool table. Best of seven games. Yep. I don't know why you just didn't say we, we play pool. Best of seven. Well, because then it can be a swimming pool. Hmm. That's why I had us crouched over okay. a pool I table. Good. Uh, the next event is bowling. Best of three games. 
Um, I'm going to count on you having an off game and me overachieving. I can give you a couple. Like I can give you some pins too. Like we can we can, we'll we, can come up, we can come up with something. What are we at right now? I think that's I, I think that's nine. Include, but again, we have to exclude the foot race. So let, maybe we could just do these nine. That way, we can't end in a tie. Well, I want to do the last one, which is one set of tennis. Well, no, that's nine. If we take if we do that list minus the racing, we have our nine because that was a list of ten, I believe. Okay, I negotiate with you. I propose because shopping to me is the only one that's not the least bit sports related. I propose uh, replacing shopping with Frisbee golf. Oh, but neither of us are like know how to do that. You like, and I both got brand new Frisbee golf kits for Christmas and neither one of us has used it. No, I know. But, I, I'm interested in playing that sport. It just doesn't seem that interesting like for us to compete in it. Like I think the shopping one is funnier than that. I think the okay. videos that we can potentially get from it and put out on social, like I think that one's a, like a hit. Like I think that one will play well on the internet and Okay. We can we can negotiate to find And remember, we're going to turn this into a podcast. There's going to be an episode in the coming weeks of the Greg Cody show that is all these events we're going to be recording audio as we go, kind of like doing yes. this all behind the scenes, and then we'll reveal, we'll go through the whole process in one pot. Hopefully, it'll take one podcast. Maybe it might be two. If like we're hoping it gets into one podcast, if it's incredibly long, we'll break it up into two. But we're gonna record. We're gonna have live re recordings from each of these events, talking you through it, giving you updates. So I think the the shopping one plays well. Um, I think we should put a bookmark in this conversation. Okay. Because we haven't even mentioned our guests we have coming on right now. We're doing this live. Um, Nick Wright is our guest today. He's about to join any minute. He'll pop into the Zoom. Um, I'm excited. I'm, I actually think in terms of high profile named guests, Nick Wright is, he is pretty high up there in the sports media landscape. I'm trying to think of bigger names that we've had on this podcast than Nick Wright. He's definitely, I think, in the top 10. Easy. I don't know about that. I mean, who have we had? We, I mean, our our claim to fame is Tim Kirchin and Dave Barry. I mean, like what? Like I mean, Tim Kirchin's pretty big. Uh, we've had Mina Kimes. We've had Sarah Spain. Um, but I think Nick Wright has. You know, he's he's up there with them. He's he's right. equal. He's he's equals with everyone we just named. You can't go wrong with Wright. That's my credo in life, That's and um, I do think play. that I do think that he's a rising star at Fox Sports. Yeah, I, I think that he's somebody who's coming after. Uh, you know, Colin Coward, quite frankly, for the title. I'm I'm a little skeptical that you probably two weeks ago had no idea who Nick Wright is and are just kind of like you've learned of him since he he recognized you on that Levitard show appearance a few weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. I can't deny that because it's a matter of public record. But that's the um, thing is like I, we could even tell Nick Wright that because it's not an, like it's just you. That's on you. Right. Like Nick, oh, everybody, everybody in sports media knows who Nick Wright is. So like. Right. It's more of just a funny joke on you that he that but I don't it, think he I don't think that would surprise him because remember when he appeared on the Levitard show and he was super excited to see you. Right. He even said like Greg probably has no idea who I am, but I'm super yeah. excited to see him. Yeah. See, I, I can play the old guy card, you know. I mean, I still think Howard Cozell's in the Monday night booth. You know, it takes me like roughly forty years to catch up to modern trends. So um it may or may not be true that I'd never heard of Nick Wright two or three weeks ago, but ever since then I'll become a big fan of him, particularly today as he guests on the Greg Cody Show podcast. I'm excited to talk to him. He's 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 got he's a, what would we say? He's got his career is skyrocketing. I mean, this guy has a few years ago. He was just kind of like a panelist that you'd see every once in a while on Fox Sports. And now he's got his own show in the mornings. He's got his own podcast. He's like, you know, outside of Colin Cowherd, 
he's the like the take master at Fox Sports. So I'm excited to get to know him. Yeah, he he he's a take master. There's no doubt. And and speaking of big time media guests, we want to have on. Um, I'm 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 slowly reeling Tony Kornheiser into the GCS boat. Yeah, um, I agreed to be on his podcast again this week. Check out Thursday's episode. <laughs> Weren't you supposed to be on Wednesday, but you overslept? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, you had to bring that up. Um, <laughs> I did, as a matter of fact. Uh, and then you were blaming your wife or something? Well, a, she had to leave for work real early on Wednesday. I asked her to set the alarm for me at 730. She didn't. And, uh, didn't? and that's why would you say that weird? Okay. She didn't. You know, it's like slang. It sounded like you said she did. No, she didn't. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> and uh, and I slept till nine thirty, and did not have my phone with him. So Cornhouse's producer. That's a like guy. Three. That's a guy who doesn't have any young kids anymore. Sleep until nine thirty. Must be nice. Yeah, right. Uh, the unfortunate thing is Michael, who still lives at home, uh, also slept till nine thirty because Daddy wasn't there to wake him up for work. That's a whole different story. What is? What kind of life is this where you're dependent on mom to wake you? Michael's dependent on you to like what? Right. This seems like you guys. Have you guys heard of an alarm clock? I don't <laughs> understand why we're, we're waking people with people at this point. It, every phone has an alarm. Like what's happening? Yeah, my phone obviously has an alarm, which I've used many times. Has a snooze button and everything. But your mother failed me. She was supposed to wake me and didn't. Anyway, I apologize profusely to Tony the K's producer. He said, cool. Hope you're we just hope you were OK. Can you do it tomorrow, which was today, which was Thursday. So I did it. So check that out. How does that feel to get the point in your life where people are worried for your like if you're dead or not, like when they don't hear from you like that happened? That honestly happened on Wednesday, Wednesday morning. Mom was calling me. Hey, can you get a hold of your dad? He hasn't answered. It's 930. He was supposed to be up for this, blah, blah, blah. Like mom was where like it, you've reached that point in your life where if people don't can't get a hold of you for like an hour, they think you're dead. Yeah, it makes me sad um, <laughs> because I think of myself um, as a youthful mid 60s. Uh, I don't think of myself as an old mid 60s. But the problem is my voice, which sort of goes in and out like it is right now, I think makes me sound and seem older than I am, which is much to my chagrin. But um, I really feel like Tony the K. Uh, will say yes, if begrudgingly, to come on our show because I've been on his show twice just since early February. I want to make a bet on this, me and you. Some bet where okay. if he comes on, I have to do something embarrassing on this show. If we never get him by, let's say, the end of the year, let's give ourselves okay. at the end of the year, you have to do something because I am telling you, Dan Lebitard has, I would say, an equal relationship. Like Dan and him have done PTI. Like Dan is, you'd admit, as close as you are with Tony K. He Dan's closer than you are. Right. No, I don't. Dan's had Dan's had a bo- a podcast, a big podcast for like over a decade. And I think Tony Kornheiser has begrudgingly called in once. Right. Like it is just he I, I just don't see a scenario where he's like, you know what, Greg, your podcast I'll do. Yeah, I think he will. Um, and I don't pretend that Tony and I are close personal friends where we have a professional uh, friendly relationship, but I think he'll do it anyway. Um, where's Nick Wright? He's oh, so wow. big. Look at he's you. He's so big that he's stiffing us. That's funny. Happens. It's four Oh three. He was supposed to be here at four. And he even is such a nice guy. He texted me going to be three minutes late. So right now we are three on minutes t- late. And that's, that's exactly right now. So he's exactly, um, you know, and technically he's not late yet because he said he'd be here at four Oh three. So it's four Oh three and we'll see. Wow. You know, that is a, that is a meticulous man 
who texts someone saying, I will be three minutes late, not a few minutes, not five minutes, not a little late, but three minutes. I am. It is, it is impressive. Maybe I'll start there with them of just being like, are you always a guy that says exactly how many minutes later you're going to be? Or do you like to because I'm a guy that in, in that spot, I would say if I think I'm going to be three minutes late, I'll say I'm going to be five minutes late. Right. That way I almost seem like a nice guy. Yeah. I don't like putting a number on it. I'll just say I'll be a bit late or a little late. Well, you're the worst with this stuff because you have this thing about showing up thing like you like you big time like you're this you're the guy that if you're supposed to be there somewhere at four o'clock, you're never showing up before four ten. Uh, it depends on the occasion. Well, right. If it's obviously if it's like a movie or a concert, you will. But like anytime right. it's just like a casual gathering, you're very like, I can't be the first one. Like I need to let other people show up before I do. Yeah. I, I hate appearing uh, too eager to be somewhere. Yeah. I, I like being the guy who would rather be seen as fashionably late. Even though I hate other people who are fashionably late when I, when I'm hosting the event, I want people right on time, you know, but when I'm a guest at the event, I like to be late. Maybe that speaks ill of me. Yeah, it does. Okay. It's pretty hypocritical, but uh, I I, see, see, I don't see this is one of the things where you do this thing where you're like, you don't, I've been, I've been at your house when you guys were hosting a party that started at four and you don't give a shit if someone shows up at 420. Like I do. You just said something that is just not true. Well, here's the thing. Okay. The last party I hosted and party sounds too big. It was a dozen people. But when I had people over for the Super Bowl, I think I did have people over like, I forget whether it's three or four, but one of those numbers. Well, if, if it's four o'clock and it's four oh five and nobody has showed up yet. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking out my front window uh, because I have a mortal fear uh, of hosting uh, the world's worst party where nobody shows or three people call in sick or somebody's an hour and a half late. Have we reached the part portion now where we can say we're having a party or having dinner with friends and we don't have to put the caveat of doing it safely? Haven't been to dinner in six months like where we're trying to like sugarcoat things with covid safeties like i feel like we've reached the point now where you can just say i'm having a party this weekend yeah and no one cares oh here's nick Wright. here we go no that's correct about the party thing for sure yeah you can finally say it yeah there he is yes what's up hey how are you guys Oh man! I'm excited. We were actually just talking about uh, you, you text th- that you were going to be three minutes late. How does this work when you're sending a text? Do you ever like to tell somebody, "Yeah, you know, I'm running a few minutes late"? What's the you went specific three minutes there? Like, are you always very specific with that stuff? I think I feel like if you are specific, people know that you mean approximately that amount of time. I feel like right. someone yeah. says five minutes. That mean that could be, and it could be fifteen. If I say if and so, I try to be. If I'm if I'm trying to be accurate, I was a little more than three minutes late, but I knew it was going to be about that. Then I'm going to tell you that so you know I'm serious about it. Because if you we don't have you know if I say I'm five minutes late, I think you might tell your dad. You know what I mean? Go get another cup of echinacea. Like yeah. we've got time here. <laughs> uh, congrats on the highlight team. 
thank you. I assume it's, we're just uh, going, big... right? Like, we're, there's no big intro, or is Oh, there... no, yeah, we go, we we're go, we go. We, we started oh, yeah. before, Everybody yeah. knows it's Nick Wright. Then, yeah. I mean, we don't have to introduce this no, guy. No, but you, you know what you do got to do is promote my new podcast, which, yes. is, you know, getting crushed by you guys on the charts is honestly, let's be, everything is. But uh, what's yeah. right with Nick Wright? It's the only other father and son sports podcast. It's me and my son. That's right. Wow, is that true? That is true. Because, Greg, Greg, you're going to be so surprised by this, and I'm not going to give you any supporting details. My son's 23 years old, Greg. Yeah, and you look like you're about 25. I know. That's why I said it's confusing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you were a toddler <laughs> and when uh, he entered your life. So, um, uh, Greg, because on the podcast, uh, I've started doing a bit that's called If This Is uh, Wrong, I Don't Want to Be Right. And oh. it's just a poor man's back in my day. That's trust me. He's this is like my dad has a little docket here of things he wants to get to. This is at the top. So we could start right there. OK, well, so do you want to oh. start with the theft or do you want to start with you and I agreeing about on some things that used to be better? Um, let's start with the theft. OK, sure. Let's do it. <laughs> and that was your word, not mine, by the way, because I consider imitation a, a not so sincere, but a form of flattery. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah. do you want do you want to interrogate me or you just want me to explain it? No, yeah. I would like to interrogate you. Yeah, Let me ahead. get to Christopher. Put the big spotlight on right. Zoom right now. Yeah. The police spotlight. Yeah, no Good problem. Um, yeah. No, I found it amusing. Uh, I was trying to find the tweet that you sent uh, because I, I read it originally and it was very funny. Greg Cody trying to find a tweet. Dangerous game. I can recreate it for you uh, <laughs> in a segment that is not at all a direct ripoff of Greg Cody's back in my day. Here is my recurring segment of how things used to be better. Called if this is right, I don't want. If this is wrong, I don't want to be right. Yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah, that's better than Seth Meyers because I believe Seth Meyers just has a back in my day segment on his show. So, well, that's bullshit. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's, <laughs> it really is. It really is. Well, I'm trying to figure out. Uh, I've been doing BIMDs as I call them oh, casually Christ. on Levitard since 2014. I don't know when Seth began his. Uh, you started it first. You started it first. Just a, 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 enough said. Enough okay, said. Cheers. I wanted but, to give um, Seth the benefit of the doubt, but when he started doing a segment, a uh, booyah base of the month, I was like, you know what? You know what? We, we've got we've got a real problem here, boys. And so I assumed that maybe you guys had some some rights deal worked out but to hear it was just theft it makes me it you know it makes me reconsider what i've done right but it's it's just such a smash hit segment that i <laughs> and it, i will say like i think the reason mine works is because i am you know i'm 37 years old and so hearing a guy in his mid 30s or late 30s complaining like an old man such as yourself i think the audience likes that <laughs> right well, there, there is a. I will say there, there is an uh, an authenticity uh, to my ranting about the way things were because I actually lived through most of them. Yeah. Like I remember manual typewriters. I don't think you do. No, I don't. So the f closest thing I remember that is, I we had in our house growing up. It was the mo I, I'm sure you know exactly what it's called, but it was like a ball bearing silver that had each letter on it. And my dad would write things. I don't know if that's considered a manual typewriter. That was like the upgrade. That was like the super soaker version of it. Did it have the? Well, it's, no. So it, because that's the. But it was. I'm not sure exactly what it was. But instead of the manual typewriter, it was just each letter you press like a big arm. Yeah. Whack, whack. Yeah. This thing was like was like wow. Look at this, and it was just this ball, just boom, 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 boom. Okay. I remember. So that's the. You know, I am. 
I am old enough to have played uh, the Oregon Trail on an actual floppy disk, not even like the small disk, the actual floppy disk, but I am not old enough to remember never having a computer in the house. Like we've, we had a computer wow. in the house for, you know, for as long as my memory exists. Oh, wow. Yeah. Boy, I can't relate to that. <laughs> so can I, can, I, re- can, <laughs> I, really can I bring up something you can relate to, Greg, which was the yeah. original thing that I ripped off from you? Um, you go to, you go out to eat lately, Greg? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's been your experience when you ask for a menu? Well, oh. listen, I've done a back of my day on that. Well, you get five menus now. Well, see, the, he might be talking more pandemic, like like with the the scan menu. I don't know where where Nick's going. I'm I'm not talking. You know what? I I I yearn for the day of when they hand me five menus and I have to choose right. the new yeah. thing of I have to scan it with my phone. Yeah, I hate that. Oh, of course you hate it. First of all, you're while you know you're active and your mind is still sharp. You're, if I may say, a senior citizen. Your eyes yeah. might not be what they once yeah. were, and now. You're having to, yeah, you're having to, you're, you're, you have to take out your phone. So it, it's it, terrible. It's terrible. A lot of these places don't have easily accessible Wi-Fi. So if you don't have good phone service, yeah. now we're yeah. spending three minutes trying to get the thing to work. And here's another thing, Greg. I am old enough to remember when having your cell phone out at dinner was verboten, was, was as rude. big of a social faux pas as one could have. Now... They are making it so it is required you have your cell phone out, which for the less courteous of our fellow dinner guests will give them an excuse to pretend they're scrolling the menu and they're scrolling Instagram. It's awful. No, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> it's so it's, true. It's the worst thing in uh, in the food industry in the past uh, five years. Wow. I will say that pandemic driven. Well, paper straws, paper straws were pretty bad, but we've, we've seemed to have found a nice some other material that's better than paper straws but yeah. you yeah. know what hold up chris if i may and i apologize if i'm hijacking this i'm not sure exactly how this no we love it please chris, we love and this it. is i'm gonna we take a direct shot at your dad's generation because your dad's generation okay. i know you know the, the 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 baby boomers they were like oh it's so great it's so wonderful we built this country all this bullshit hey, hey everybody everybody <laughs> hates everybody hates us millennials so mm-hmm. if they're such a great generation, they're pretty shitty parents, it would appear. But that's either yeah, here that's or there. Fair. So yeah. baby boomers <laughs> with their, you know, milk and honey wrecked the planet, wrecked the environment, <laughs> just 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 surplus forever. And, and, and now they're all running corporations that spew out more poison into the air in five minutes than you or I will yeah. in our lifetime. But they have somehow convinced us that we're the problem. And that if we just use some paper straws, the planet's going to be fine. Meanwhile, there's an oil spill a week. Like his idea that paper Seriously. straws, like, oh, <laughs> you asshole, you still use plastic straws. You're got your. Yeah, I do. Because I don't think yeah. my okay. straw yeah. consumption yeah. is going to actually be a needle mover. All right. Let me tell you something Hurdles, right now, please. Whippersnapper. And, and I'm oh. speaking for myself. I don't speak for the boomers. Oh, <laughs> the straw is an unnecessary shortcut. I look down on people who use any straws. It's it's the easy way out. These cups can be dirty at these restaurants. No, take out the middle. Ma- the straw is the middleman. He's not there for any reason uh, whatsoever wow. of any use. Take him out. Do away with the straw. Who would mind? Who would object? I'll, I'll tell you who would mind. Because wow. I don't. I'm not worried about the dirtiness of cups. That's that. I'm not worried about yeah. that. But I got to tell you, Greg, you're showing your privilege here, my friend, because this is okay. this is from. 
quite the male perspective. This is from the perspective right. of mm -hmm. someone who's number one lipstick, my friend. Because for women, mm -hmm. straws are a necessary uh, appendage, if you will. You go out right. to, yep. as you would call it, a discotheque, and right. they, 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 they're all <laughs> dolled up, and they have some rouge on their cheeks and some, you know, some lipstick on. They, they, yeah. they need to, it to not smear, so they need the straw. Okay. First of all, why would you be so presumptuous as to think I've never worn lipstick? <laughs> That's a good point. That's my you know what? Question. You know what? Good job. That's a good point. <laughs> okay. That was rude of me. Thank you. Never assume anything. Yeah. Um, I want to uh, say something to Nick before we get into whatever you have planned, Dad. Um, Nick, you I met you in person the first time at the Gramercy Theater in New York a few years ago. I don't know. What was that? Four years? Five years ago? Now? I don't even know. It was pre-pandemic, so it all is a blur. Yeah. Yeah. And... You were so you can't you said something you came up to me. You were like, man, I appreciate that. You you gave me this nice compliment of dude. I've been following the show, your growth on the show. And I just want you like you probably don't even remember that. I remember. No, I remember meeting you. Yeah, that was like for me, because like at that time now I'm like a, gr a grizzled vet in this world of meeting uh, cool people and celebrity and stuff like that. I just want to let you know at the time that was like I took that for like a year. It was like Nick Wright told me he's a fan of me oh that's delightful like i just like that was really cool for me at that point in my career to like i didn't i, I would figure you didn't even know who i was and for you to be so kind it was just i just want you to know that i was stuck with me it was really cool i'm really i'm glad i was able to have you know that type of I impact i but it was it was sincere so like i'm not i think people who see the show see my tv show think in real life i'm an asshole i'm not but <laughs> i'm not I don't, I'm not big into false compliments, right? I won't, uh, insult someone for no reason, but if I, if I see right. someone that I know their work and I think it sucks, I'll just like, be like, Hey, nice to meet you. Like I won't, um, exactly. I won't just go out of my way to lie to them, but I meant what I said. Right. And I think I listen, your guy's whole thing, obviously Dan is the, you know, you know, slightly obese right. son that it revolves around. However, um, the, the reason that it works different and the reason, and this is something that I think one of the reasons I appreciate it is the closest thing I ever had to it was my radio show in Kansas city where your fans are not just fans, but like fervent supporters and the loyalty of it is because of the way all of the parties involved in the show have it becomes a family and that's greg and that's you and that's you know that's everybody obviously i don't have to list that the whole, the whole crew, crew. Yeah. and so yeah. i did i did think it was cool that i had just give a little more background than greg can do his thing when i when i first got hired by fox in 2016 i moved out there without my wife and kids and i commuted houston to la on the weekends so every day, Oof. and I didn't have a show yet. I was just like, I was filling in for Colin and going on Colin's show. So I had the most free time I'd had in forever. And every morning I ate breakfast at the same diner and I timed it to where every morning because I was on the West Coast, I got to the diner right when the local hour would post. Yeah. So I could like sit there by myself and listen to the show. And when you listen to a radio show like that every day for a year, you can really hear, you know what I mean? Who's getting more of a shot? Who's getting more involved? You know, I can. And that was a time for us where we were just like, we were figuring out that local hour. Cause like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. And, and Dan was kind of taking a step back on it and it was cool. And so like I, at my heart, I'm a radio guy. And so hearing somebody kind of 
come into their own from someone that yeah. you weren't even in the beginning. I used to be terrified Which, to talk. I would, I would be so terrified to talk is, at the beginning. So you can, and someone like me that that's done the bit, been in the industry, you, I can tell the difference. Like in the beginning, it's like, you don't even yeah. like, wait, who was that that said that? So the point to where yeah. I got to, which was shortly before we met, where I was like legitimately like looking forward to your bits and stuff. And so I thought it was great. And so I just, yeah, it was, it was an honest compliment and you've overcome, yeah. uh, you know what I mean? As we talked about shitty boomer parenting. So, Hey, I mean, right. in, yeah, <laughs> shitty, but well meant yeah. let's, uh, let's clarify that. Yeah. Um, all right. So, Nick, you do first things first on Fox. Yep. You, you do what's right with Nick, right? The the is it a new would you call it a new podcast? Yeah, it's Fairly been new. out. It's been out three weeks. Podcast, you know, podcast right. and YouTube show. Sure. Yeah. Right. So is this does this feel like the big time or do you have other designs on where you want your future oh. to go? You're still so young. So I used to say that I was going to do sports until I was 40. And then transition to uh, political news and then eventually use that as a platform to run for some higher office. And so that that's always what I said I was going to do. I have been and, you know, this is why the bad guys win, I suppose. But I have been so disheartened and beaten down by the last six years of politics in America. Not that they were great before. Uh, that that's kind of that I, I've kind of lost the motivation for that. And I don't think it would be good for my family. I don't think I would enjoy it. So what I you know, what I honestly think I want to do now is continue doing some type of sports media for as long as I can. And if I'm being totally transparent, bank as much money as I can. And then maybe stop working earlier than I had said. Right, like I got three kids who live in New York City, go to private school, so a lot of that money doesn't not much of it gets banked. Um, but right. professionally, <laughs> the one thing that is like the carrot out there that I think I have a long ways to get to, but I really want to do is I want to be the third guy in an NBA booth. And there's never been someone like me, like the. Almost the, what they tried with Tony Kornheiser on Monday Night Football. Yeah. I, it sounds arrogant. I know I'd be awesome at it, but there's never been that. That role has never existed. And Fox obviously doesn't have the NBA rights, so I don't even have a chance to try it. Uh, but at some point, if Fox were to get NBA rights, I think play-by-play, analyst, and then me, I think it'd be really good. So that's like the next professional thing I hope to be able to do at some point. Wow. Like I am not a pure analytics guy, but I understand the numbers of it and somebody that can be a a vessel from the people who are watching to the people who are calling the games. Because I think that, that the color commentary on a lot of our national televised basketball games, aside from the ones involving, I don't want to, there are a few good ones, but a lot of them are. You know, it's amazing how every single guy who called the games that he happens to have played during the golden era of basketball about how much how much worse it is now. And I just wish I wish there was more of an appreciation for what we're currently watching. And I wish here's what like I I watch NBA all night, every night. It is just a a simple statistical fact that if you're down two, going for three, if available, is such a bad it's like going for two unless it's a layup should be considered a massive error 
because all that gets you is a 50% chance. And I don't know that I've ever heard a local or national broadcaster make that point because they're so they're former players who were taught, you know what I mean? Get it to overtime, extend the game, go for two. The, and you see it during the college basketball tournament. It's amazing how many of these analysts think you never need a three. These teams are down seven <laughs> with 14 seconds. I feel like don't need a three. It's like, you don't yeah. need a three. I think you need yeah. three boys. Um, and so, so I just think I'd be good at it and I think I'd enjoy it. So as someone who has seen transition, every Patrick Mahomes is snap of his career. I'm assuming you you watch it. Like, you're watching every chiefs game, every play. You're a Kansas city guy, right? Yeah, that's right. My hometown. Yeah, yeah. Um, give me the pie chart of Tyreek Hill. Cause we're dolphins people down here the, of Tyreek Hill's success in his career. How much of it is Andy Reid's scheme? How much of it is Patrick Mahomes and how much of it can he bring over to the dolphins? Well, I think it's easier to separate Mahomes from Hill than Andy from Hill because, you know, uh, Tyreek was excellent with Alex Smith with the two years before Patrick got there. Tyreek is a Hall of Fame talent. He is, I had somebody, this will, I had somebody incredibly close to LeBron say to me once while I was watching a game with him. He's passed LeBron as the best athlete alive. That his his ability to go from stopped to full speed is like the different things he can do athletically that are just so one in a billion. That that and so wow. I, those things translate anywhere, right? The yeah. my biggest concern, if I were a Dolphins fan, would simply be if you. Maybe if you didn't grow up on, you know, uh, filet mignon and, and wagyu, you, you, you're fine without it. But if it's all you ate for four years, how are you then going to react to, you know what I mean, to a, a good old-fashioned Arby's roast beef, which is nothing wrong with. And I, but, but that's what Tua is. Is that what you're saying? That's what Tua is? Yeah. Yeah. I just, I would be a little worried that for Tyreek psychologically, if you go from the best team in the league, your AFC championship every year, the quarterback, I know Patrick had a rough month, but essentially never misses on throws to a guy who at this point in his career is worse than Alex Smith was when Alex, when Alex Smith was with the Chiefs. I think that's good. I think so. I, that's where I, because Tyreek can get worked up. So I think, it's, I think the punt return thing that he said he wants to do good is smart. I, like get the ball in his hands, give him opportunities. Because my concern would be because the back end of the contract might not be great, but the back end of the contracts are always fake anyway. The question is, is he going to be awesome these next three years? And right. just make sure he doesn't get frustrated because I do think it would be, you know, it can be, it's going to be a a big difference for him. But that speed you guys have, I mean, I I think the Bills are obviously the best team in your division. But if Tua if Tua's not awful, there's no reason you guys shouldn't be the second best team in the division and competing for that wild card. Nick, you're, you're comfortable talking about sports uh, off, off the field when, sure. when the matters get into race and morality. And, and I love you championing the idea that uh, talking about race in sports is not talking about politics. It's totally different. Um, in, in this case though, at a time when the Cleveland Browns just gave Deshaun Watson, what they gave him, yep. uh, Tyreek Hill obviously has his off field issues. Yep. Uh, which are a few years ago, but I don't want to minimalize where he punched a pregnant girlfriend. Where is sports at right now in terms of balancing 
the lust for winning with any shred of morality that may be left. How should a Dolphin fan feel about Tyree Gill? Is it all cheers and, and fist bumps or, you know, chest bumps or yeah. Is a fan supposed to think, Jesus, what kind of a guy did we just sign? So I think, so listen, the, the, the Tyreek's complicated in this regard. So we know what he did in college. And then there were some horrific allegations about him hitting his son much more recently. But those yeah. are, those initially seemed like, okay, he's going to be out of football. Then it seemed for a time like, oh my God, he got, like set up in a really terrible way. And now to me, it's still a little like I, I I'm not, you know, passing the buck there when I say I really don't know what I believe happened in that spot. To me, the Deshaun Watson stuff is very cut and dry. Uh, I understand he hasn't been indicted by any grand jury. I also understand that I do not believe there is a two dozen woman multi-state conspiracy against him. Like I, I personally believe he did a lot of what he's alleged to have done. And for Tyreek, I'm not like you said, I'm trying to minimize it. We also know what he did in college and what he might've done a few years ago. I think in order to be a sports fan, you must, I don't say you must, I have had to take the same approach I've taken to uh, a lot of music and a lot of movies which is, and I know it feels like a cop-out, but is separate the art from the artist, which is like, I can, I can appreciate, you know, it, thriller, even though I have real issues or questions about what Michael Jackson did or didn't do. We as a family at dinner in our house, one of the shows we watch is the Cosby show. Okay. I, I like I we I, I love that show. I love like I get a great feeling watching with my family. I know what I believe he did, and I don't feel morally conflicted about it. Now, th would you buy the jersey? That's a separate thing. So I say all that to say this. I think we're allowed as fans to root for our teams and recognize that with you know that many people within you know an organization, there are gonna be some bad actors. I have a far greater issue with what the Browns did than what the Dolphins did. Yeah. The like to me they are they are not quite apples and bowling balls, but they're close to that than apples and oranges. Like the Browns to me have not only rewarded but potentially enabled behavior that we have no reason to believe like was not, you know, I don't want to say is ongoing, but it feels much more recent and it feels much more rampant. And so if I were a woman and a Browns fan, I think I would be asking myself, why do, does this team want me to be a fan? Like, do they give, you know what I mean? And so in that regard, I understand the conflict. And I, I don't know, man, like it's the Browns, the, the contract and all of it with the Browns with Deshaun feels really, really uncomfortable. And if I were, and I know you were talking about Tyreek, but, I understand why for if you're a Dolphins fan and you read the Flores lawsuit, why you might say, you know what, like I, I'm going to pick a new team. Now, the yeah. unfortunate reality is, I, and this is why I said it's hard to be a sports fan. It's going to be hard to find a team or an organization that's hands are totally clean of all this stuff. Like some are dirtier than others, but it's just, it's hard to be, we, with the information we have available to us now, it's hard to feel great, but I, I don't know. I know this feels like cop out, but I don't feel great about my iPhone 
I don't like. I don't feel great yeah. about my damn right. tennis shoes. You, if you start playing that game, if you start playing that game, you know what I mean. Right. Like I right. I there's a lot of stuff that there's some people. You know, there, there there's you know there are things that I'm gonna say this you know uh, carefully. There are things that my corporate parent, the people that own the company I work for. I don't feel mm -hmm. great about, you know what I mean? Like the, yes. and so I know exactly what you mean as a matter of fact. And so, you know, I think that we all have to, you know, my, my, I'll tell you a very quick story. Cause I, I know we only have like 10 minutes left and I, the, you have other stuff. Uh, the only person I've ever seen that actually puts their actions where their morality is at like close to hundred percent of the time as possible is my dad. When my parents got divorced, my dad's a union president in Kansas, Missouri firefighters union. He and I spent seven hours driving from place to place looking for an American-made television because he only buy it. Wow. My when I that's he he my mom post their divorce she bought me a used Acura for my first car. He saw it and he said, "Son, you know I love you. You'll always be my son. You are not wow. allowed to drive that car to my house, my union hall, or the fire station. You can take the bus." Wow. He's like he was. It was like. Union made, American made, from his terrible looking shoes to his cardboard mm. pants to his whatever television he had. Like he actually, like he actually did it. But most of us, you know, most of us, you know, we bend our own yeah. morality for either our own entertainment or enjoyment or mm -hmm. whatever it is. I thought you were going to say Will Smith, by the way, when you were saying, <laughs> you know, who always keeps it real. He always keeps it real. I love the high mindedness of your father's crusade. Yeah. for american products and even more than that i love the phrase cardboard pants well yeah i mean listen I, i'm not saying you can't get good american-made material but it, maybe my dad was just shopping <laughs> at the wrong places i'm not certain i i'm a big i'm in i'm a poker guy i love like the world series of poker i love watching stuff i love going to i don't play as much as i used to but i love going out to a, a yeah. multi-table tournament whenever i can and i know you got into you guys this. have a great casino there is it the hard rock yeah yeah the big guitar yeah the hard rock yep yeah they have a good series there i've i've played a few of those okay, tournaments a few of the, like the yeah. 550s and stuff but uh i'm wondering like that was so cool i don't know was it a few months back now you like had a nice run where you were playing with phil helmuth and like you were getting in there with those yeah. guys and i'm just wondering like what was that experience like for you like the first time you were in that thing was there any kind of like or are you just such a tv pro at this point that you weren't actually that nervous well no no no. the very first time i was in it uh it was a cash game and i said i'm not going to be nervous i'm going to play my game and i lost thirty one thousand dollars in four hours <laughs> And I was like, okay, so, so no, that's, and that's, it's, that's real money. You got it. You got to bring it with you. It's all then, but it was, it, I was like, it was the moment. Then the very next night I played Negranu, Helmuth, a few amateurs, Maria Ho in a $10,000 a person tournament, one table tournament, sit and go. Okay. And I won it. So then I was up. Yeah. On the week. And then the next day I played with pros again, same as the first night, the uh, uh, cash buy-in. And I broke even almost to the dollar. So then I kind of got my feet underneath me. Then, but then Helmuth and I played heads up Yeah, in a heads up match for yeah. 50K each. And I, tr I blew it. <laughs> I had him. And then I like, this was why he's a pro and I'm not. After two and a half hours, I was crushing him. And then I just lost concentration for about an hour and then he was crushing me, and we played. It was a six-hour match, but he ended up getting me in the end. So Phil Helmuth is a is he like is Phil? Are these guys as good as that as 
they are made out to be is, is what I'm asking. I mean, Phil, so listen, I haven't played with any of the Wizards. Right. That Stephen Chidwick, Ali Amshirovich, yes. those guys that are just like the GTO, they've solved the game Wizards. Because those, the- those guys look down on like the old school guys, right? There's like a beef between like the old school. On Helmuth. Yeah, right. Yeah, but Helmuth keeps kicking their ass. So here's the thing. Hey, th- those guys have, you know, come as close to solving the game as possible. But Phil does have a reel. There is a thing that bird watchers, it's been shown and established that bird watchers, like longtime bird watchers, can see a bird come over the horizon when all you can see is, yes. I think uh, Gladwell wrote about this, is like a little, little tiny, like a shadow of the bird almost. And with a high level of accuracy, tell you what bird that is. And there's no defining feature. And what they've called it is they can read the gifts of the bird. Like the feeling it gives them when they see it, they can't explain it, but they can tell you. I think Helmuth has that with poker. I don't think you can, he, he has a feeling of the moment and whatever your nonverbal ticks or cues or whatever. And I, so yeah, I think he's phenomenal. I'm also gonna, you know, I'm going to be much more involved in that scene. You know, poker was one of my biggest passions still is. And I, so I'm going to be more involved in some of those games or broadcasts or something to some degree. Nice. Uh, and maybe I'll lose money, maybe not. But like that's, you know, when I said, reti- you know, retire earlier than I thought, one of the things if and when I do that, I'll do is I'll do, you know, I'll at one point spend six months traveling like those, yeah. the, the, you know, the World Poker Tour circuit or the big poker events. I love that. I love it. There's something about multi-table tournaments for me personally. I want to so bad like carve a month out in in one of these years coming up and go out to like Vegas for the World Series and just play like a bunch of for them. For the series. Yeah. I'm going to do that eventually. But Take two, take two weeks this summer and do yeah. it. Chris. No, I'm serious. I, I want to. Yeah, I think it's yeah. I, I'm. It's funny. I'm think if I'm still doing the show remotely, um, come the summer, which I think we will. I think we'll be back in studio come uh Fall. football yeah. season. Um, I think I'm gonna rent a house in Vegas for a month, bring my family out there, and play in a bunch of these tournaments yeah. over the summer. I, I want to. I, I like. I love the idea of it more than I think I'm actually good. I don't play enough to be really great, but I just love it, man. Still, I just love it. Yeah, you got there that DraftKings money. Yeah, you, know? yeah. you got to do it. Yeah. Well, uh, first of we, all, yeah, we got we got to we got to let Nick go. We've kept him too long. You got I, I got to yeah. Go ahead. If you got one more thing, I got to leave to pick up my daughter in about three minutes. So we got one time for one more thing. If you got it, give me two quick minutes on the Miami Heat, the crazy NBA East race where the eighth seed yep. could very well win and and earn the right to lose to Phoenix in the finals. Um, how do you see the Miami Heat and the East race right now shaking out? Okay, listen, I think Miami's wildly disrespected, and I think that is it is actually shrapnel of the of the media's obsession with disrespecting the greatest athlete ever, LeBron James, because it not because LeBron played for the Heat, but because they want to make the bubble as if it, everything in it was a fluke. When it's like, okay, so so the the Heat made the finals in the bubble. What have they done since then? Well, last year they were really good, and then they got their ass kicked by the Bucks. Well, guess what? Everyone got their ass kicked by the Bucks. They have the greatest player alive, and this year the Heat are the one seed and should absolutely be taken seriously. So, uh, listen, I happen to think the Bucks are going to run rough shot over everyone. I, I until the finals with, but I think they'll win the title. So I think you guys, I I think that there is no reason to believe any team in the East other than Milwaukee, should be favored in the series over Miami. I truly believe that. And this idea that Brooklyn, 
which can't get their act together enough to beat Charlotte in a must-win game for seeding purposes when Kyrie is first game back at home. The other night, they're tied in the fourth quarter with Detroit. And after the game, Steve Nash is asked, what are you going to do about the defense? He's like, I don't know. It's like, buddy, literally your job. Like, <laughs> the, 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 the Nets are a if the Nets have of the five Eastern Conference contenders, so Philly, Miami, Boston, Brooklyn, uh, and obviously Milwaukee, the Nets have clearly the worst coach, <laughs> the worst depth, the worst defense by a mile, and people talk shit on Miami's home court advantage. You want to see a non-existent home court advantage, go to a Brooklyn game where it's Knicks fans who can't get Knicks tickets <laughs> chanting MVP for the opposing team star. <laughs> so the idea that that team is going to do a 99 Knicks and go from the eighth seed to the finals. It's one of the biggest jokes I've ever heard. If I'm Miami, I just want to be on the opposite side of the bracket as Milwaukee and take my chances. But I think I think uh, if Milwaukee's one and Miami's two or Miami's one and Milwaukee's two, I think that's going to be our Eastern Conference Finals. I didn't know people were talking shit about the Heat's home court. Jeez, I guess that's a thing. Yeah. Thanks, Nick, dude. We All appreciate right, see you. See you guys. Great job. Pre- What's right in the great podcast? Subscribe. I need if, if 5% of Levitard and Chris Cody Show and Greg Cody Show uh, followers subscribe to the podcast. Again, you don't ever have to yeah. listen to it. Just subscribe <laughs> yeah. to it. You, you don't. I don't actually care if you right. listen. Just subscribe to it. I'll be in great shape. See you guys. Bye. See you, Bye. man. See you. Appreciate you. Absolutely. See you. Congrats. Great hey, talking man. to you, Greg. Thanks. Chris, congrats on everything, bro. Stay in touch, man. Thank you. And when, listen, if I come to Miami for a poker tournament, I'm going to hit you up. Dude, bro, I, I'm in. Yeah, there's a big series coming up. I think it's a high dollar series, but a big series coming up at the Hard Rock. Yeah. Um, if you're in town, hit me up for sure. Let's link I'm up. I'm going to come down at some point and I'll hit yeah, you dude. up. Yeah, dude. All right. See Later. You. Bye. Great. Thanks, Nick. Thanks again to Nick Wright. Um, I don't say this a lot with guests, but I really have the feeling Nick Wright's going to be like a big star. He's just business like it. He most people in this industry, they're either, you know, journalists or they're, right. you know, somebody who's he, he just is a take artist that, that right. he, he may he's risen to where he's at just because he knows his shit and he is good at expressing himself. Right. Unlike me, I'll talk for seven minutes <laughs> and not be as like, say, as many cool shit as Nick Wright will. Yeah, he also has that that hard to tap combination of uh of funny and erudite uh and and well-informed i mean right. he's likable just, like he, the, it yeah. is weird like it, he's like a nerd but also cool at the same yeah. time he's got a nice yeah. balance to him exactly uh christopher you and uh billy billy gill did something really cool with the marlins the other day and yeah um i i want to talk to you about that because uh how was that? Like, like tell us about it we we called we we called a marlins spring training game um Thank God we had a play-by-play guy, so it was just kind of us being the color analysts. But it was a lot of fun. Uh, I don't know how it, you know. I think our audience liked it. I think if someone was tuning in just for a baseball game, they were like, "What the hell am I listening to?" <laughs> um, I don't think I was as polished as I could be if I really like had some games under my belt. But it was fun. Like, there's no doubt about that. And uh, let's get to something right here because I don't want to spoil anything for the audience, but. After my uh, broadcasting debut, I gave you a call and I had something exciting to share with you. So I think I just I recorded the conversation. It was such an exciting moment that I don't want to let's not I don't want to say anything else. I want to play the phone call that happened and then we can react to it after. Hello. Yo, 
What's going on? Hey, what are you doing? I'm getting ready to go do some yard work, actually. You will not believe the call that I just got. Okay. The Marlins just called me and offered, are offering Billy and I, like, the gig this year on radio. What? Are you serious? Yeah. Like, every game? Like, full time? I mean, they would offer that, but they're they willing to work with us and just do home home games because, like, you know, they don't want us doing it remotely. So, like, because if we don't want to wow. stop what we're doing with Levitard, like, or we could leave what we're doing with Levitard and do it full time. Oh, my God. Wow. And it's, like, a good amount of money, and I'm, like, like I'm, like, freaking out right now. And, like, they have, like, one stipulation. Now. It's not producing the Greg Cody show. No way. Yeah. Why is that a stipulation? I know the Marlins hate me. I mean, that's what they've said. Oh, my God. I'm just kidding. It's April Fool's. Oh, my God. You had me. <laughs> my <laughs> Lord. <laughs> oh, my God. And, and I'm recording this for the Greg Cody show. Oh, my God. You, <laughs> you, you literally had me going. <laughs> oh, my God. You had me going. Oh, man. Wow. I owe you bad. I owe you big. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I was buying that whole thing. I was just about to get serious and say you should work out a deal where you continue to do the Levitard show and you only do the first game of every homestand. Wow, you had me going. <laughs> I swear. I don't think I've been fooled like that on an April Fool's joke in years. Oh, I love it. Uh, I hate it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I could have kept it going so much longer. I feel like there was a lot of things going on there. I was worried about you saying something insanely inf- offensive to the Marlins. Right. I was worried about you having a heart attack just from stress. There were a right. lot of reasons there where I pulled the parachute well before I could have. I could have kept you going for 20 minutes on that, I feel like. Right. I will say I'm not the kind of guy who uh, considers himself gullible. I don't get fooled every April 1st. I got uh, you. Uh, but... You had me. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. You had me. You, I, I you think, played it well. The circumstances yeah. were right. Uh, there were some I nice want, touches. I want that to be the first of many. Like, I know, like, you're going to claim, like, I can't be God again. Me and Yeti, I think over the next few months, we want to keep pranking you. I want to, I want to, um, okay. I'm going to make this a theme going forward. Okay. So you're not even going to wait for April 1st. Like, every few months, you're going to try. No, this. I just think I like that. I like the idea of no. pranking you. Okay. All right. Well, you you got me there. I will tell you. Um, hey, before we get out of here, I I, I want to say something about March Madness into uh, April. March into April. Madness. Are you going to talk about Coach K? I feel like everyone was frauds. This this everyone was acting like this Coach K thing was a big deal. I don't I don't think it was a big deal. Like he's gone. It's fine. No one gives a shit. Okay. Everyone's faking. <laughs> Here's the thing about this March Madness, and unlike a lot of other journalists, I include the women and the men. It was. Oh, wow. You're so progressive, Greg. I really am. It, it was a blockbuster Final Fours. I mean, blue bloodiest ever. The blue bloodiest two Final Fours ever. There were no Cinderella's in this Final Four. I mean, look at the. We're recording this as the women's championship game is tipping off. And you've got South Carolina, which has been number one all season, front to back, versus UConn, which has won 11 championships, but was not expected to be in this one. And then the men, oh my gosh. But here's the thing. March Madness gave us zero uh, Cinderella's in the final four. Which never happens. Like you're acting like that's like a big thing. Okay. But this year, especially. <laughs> um, 
there was one Cinderella story that we could have had, which is Coach K on a ladder with tears streaming down his uh, uh, face, cutting down the net, and we didn't get that. Watching college coaches climb ladders is an underrated thing. It really is. Like I'm thinking back to Bill Self climbing that ladder. Like I think it was when they got to the Final Four last weekend. I just remember watching that and being like, this is funny. I just like the idea of all the coaches climbing ladders because right. then the up part they're good with. It's the awkwardness of the down. They don't want to embarrass themselves on national TV. They're, you know, very, you know, gingerly stepping down. And it's just funny because you can tell that none of these coaches have done any handiwork in 30 years by the time, by the way, they're climbing a ladder. Like the, these are millionaires that have paid for everything in their lives. Like Bill Self hasn't climbed a ladder outside of cutting a net down in 20 years. Right. But you know who has? Greg Cody. Yeah, of course. You're Mr. Handy. Here we go. I'm going to, no, no, I'm going to tell you. And the uh, college basketball has raised the self esteem of the ladder and ladder climbing. Well, they do this thing now where they do the ladder with the platform. So they get up to a certain, they climb halfway up a ladder and then there's a platform. I don't like that. Get an old fashioned ladder. Let them stand awkwardly and cut the net. I totally agree with you. Uh, I'm a ladder man. I mean, I'm up in my black olive. No, you're not. You think you think you're everything. You think you're salt life. You think you're a country soul. You're not a ladder man. You're not handy. No, I am. I'm a ladder man. No, you're not. And when I'm up in my amid the branches of my black olive tree in my front yard, I'm looking around. Dad, you go up there once a year to put Halloween stuff like you're not up there all the time. You're not a tree guy. I am looking around to see if any of my neighbors are appreciating that I'm up at a ladder because I'm doing the equivalent. I'm winning a championship. Okay. Okay by putting up that Chucky doll in my right. black olive tree, I am winning my personal championship you, by being you on look, a ladder. You look more awkward than Bill Self climbing down a ladder. You're no, okay. you know, you're no Ted, you're no, uh, uh, Tim Allen. What's his name? What was his character? <laughs> Ted, what, what, Joey, what was Tim Allen's name in, uh, home and home improvement? Tim, you're no Tim Taylor. Okay. You know, Tim, the two man Taylor. Okay. What the hell is Joey doing there? I'm asking my, you know, me and Joey just got done with the, he, he, I, at least one of my friends came out to the highlight match this Sunday. How'd the cones do? Greg Cody sold me out. All my Levitard show friends sold me out. It was me and Joey just getting hammered at a cones game on a Sunday night. Okay. But the cones were four and one, another dominant performance. Wow. They, ever since I became the owner, I think their worst match is three and two like they've they they went six and oh they went five and oh four and one four and one three and two four and one i think since i've owned them like it's wow they they are dominating they've clinched the spot in the championship game which will be on april 17th too bad you and i will be on a cruise and uh (laughs) it's too bad it really is because you know i would be there yeah i mean you sold me out tonight so i don't know you'd be there but i know me and joey would be there i wouldn't say i sold you out i was home to make a beautiful sunday meal we made lobster rolls, which were fantastic. You hold this like Sunday dinner thing in like this like sacred, like no one gives a shit yeah. about it but you. No, I do. It's sacrosanct. Every family needs a tradition. Mine is the Sunday meal. And we knocked it out the park with every our family room. needs a tradition that only one person cares about. Well, you know what? Better one than none. All right. Am I right? Good episode. Okay. Look at us. Nick Wright, an April Fool's joke. The great, uh, the, the the great Cody Show Olympics that people might actually like. Oh, like, they will. It's we. I, I I'm I'm feeling good about this episode. Yeah, they're gonna love it. Uh, I I do. I feel good about this. And uh, Pod Family, thank you all. I I say it every week. I mean it every week. We really appreciate you all. Keep coming back. Tell your friends. Subscribe. Unsubscribe. Resubscribe. 
and continue doing that ad infinitum because we really appreciate it. And you know what? You know what we're going to do? We're going to see you next week. Thank you. Um, when you say pod family, I kind of want to do the thing I do where I combine words and I say family. And that makes me yeah. think of Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee. And that makes me think of dad. Have you ever seen that video? I have not. I think you're lying. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>